Welcome to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I'm your host, Claire Sieber, global career and leadership coach, facilitator, speaker, and founder of Eating Your Cake 2, a business focused on helping you take control of your career and leadership success. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to amplify your influence, accelerate your career growth, create real presence, and have a true impact by learning the tools and strategies that you need to show up with more courage, more confidence, and more clarity. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, wonderful human, and welcome back to the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. I am your host, Claire Sieber, and as always, it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you today, and I am forever grateful that you take the time to pop me in your ears as you get about your day. Now, tell me what is happening in your world. What news have you got to share? What challenges are you facing? What wins are you having? you know I love to hear from you. Nothing lights me up more than when somebody sends me through a DM or an email saying, oh my gosh, Claire, I heard this thing that you said on your podcast and I actually went and did it and guess what? It worked. Nothing makes me happier than when I hear that from you. And even better, I love hearing the honest, raw and vulnerable human side that goes with having difficult conversations or doing things for the first time as well. So when things feel scary, when they feel a little bit difficult, that is okay because that is how we know that we're putting ourselves out of our comfort zone. And we also know that the magic is what sits on the other side of discomfort. What can I tell you about my world at the moment? It is the middle of the year and I'm sure like a lot of you that is blowing my mind. I'm really honest, I've had a few personal hiccups and some health challenges lately, but we've been pushing through those and I've been making sure I have been taking care of myself, stepping back and taking some time off as needed as well. Life will continue to throw us curveballs, but I think the real definition of human strength and perseverance is how we show up in those tough times. And I feel pretty proud of myself at the moment in terms of how I have continued to show up with courage and with strength and with grit, even through some pretty dark times. But nonetheless, I'm here, I'm full of energy today, and I am hyped up because what I want to talk to you about today is how to take control of your mid-year performance conversation. So I know for a lot of you that June and July, sometimes August, are the times of year where you sit down with your manager and you engage in your mid-year performance review. For some of you, that might also be linked to a pay increase or a bonus. For others of you, it might not be, but it might be linked potentially to opportunities for additional career development or training or secondments or any other kind of opportunity that sits in between there as well. And I often get questions from people around, well, how do I make sure that I get everything out of this conversation that I really want to? Or I'll get negative commentary, like why bother? It's not worth the time. My manager doesn't even care. All they do is just tick the boxes on the piece of paper that HR give us 
and we never really have a decent conversation. And I hear that. I've been there before too. And I've certainly worked with my fair share of managers that haven't taken the process seriously. But my response to these kinds of comments is always the same. What is within your control and what can you do to take charge of that conversation and make it one that is as engaging as possible? And where I'm going to give you five key tips today for things that you can do to make sure that to the best of your ability, you set yourself up for success with that mid-year performance review. The other thing that I want to say as well, and I think this really goes for almost any example in life, is a reminder about the power of mindset. And I often, anyone that, that has worked with me, the coaching or workshops before will know that I often reference this formula, which is S plus T equals R. And that stands for situation plus thinking equals response. And your response gets your results over and over and over again. And whether those results are results you're happy about or you're not happy about is largely up to you. And so if we think about, so S is for situation. A lot of the time we can't control the situation itself. Add to that though, our thinking, the narrative, the dialogue that you're having with yourself about how you choose to think about that situation. That is ultimately going to dictate how you respond to it. So if we take a mid-year performance review conversation as an example, right? That's the situation. The situation is that you have to engage in a conversation with your manager about your mid-year performance, what's been happening over the last six months and what is to come. That is the situation. Add to that though, your thinking. If you are rolling into that conversation with an inner narrative, or some self-talk that's saying, this is going to be shit. Why bother? My manager doesn't listen to me anyway. All they're going to do is poke holes in my performance and give me terrible feedback. Naturally, if that is your thinking, then that is going to equal your response. And your response going into that conversation is likely to be that you're going to go into it feeling anxious, feeling defensive, and already feeling like you're in a position to just push back and defend. You're bracing for the worst. So it almost wouldn't matter in that situation what your manager did because you've already decided how it's going to go. And all you're looking for now is confirmation and validation that your thinking is correct. So be very, very aware of the power of the mind because that has a huge impact in how you then navigate certain situations and whether you end up with a result that is liberating versus a result that feels constraining. So that is something that is completely within your control. And it's something that I often remind clients of. No one can take your mindset from you. No one can take away how you choose to think about things. You are in complete control of that. So use it to your advantage. Tell yourself something helpful not something constraining. Now, back to the five tips that I want to give you today in order to help you take control of your mid-year performance review. So the first tip I'm going to give you sounds pretty obvious, yet it continues to blow my mind the number of people who don't take the time to do this. 
and that is to prepare in advance. I often hear people say, oh, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to wing it and just see what happens. Okay. That sounds like a risky little game to play. If you're somebody that really has aspirations of growing and developing, perhaps you want a promotion, you want some career development opportunities, you might want an increase. Me personally, that's not something that I'm going to go in and wing. That is something that I'm going to actually take the time to set myself up for success and put my best foot forward. So when I talk about preparing in advance, what I mean by that is actually step back and think about the last six months of your performance, your job role, what tangible things have you achieved? What projects have you delivered on? What outcomes have you achieved? What are some of the things that you said that you were going to deliver on? Have you actually done that? If you have, what was the result? What did you learn along the way? And bring those into your performance review conversation. Think about what are some of the other accomplishments that you've had along the way? What are some of the new relationships that you've built, the new stakeholders that you've proactively gone out and engaged with? And how is that impacting the way that you work, the way that your team is able to achieve its goals by collaborating with other people? You could talk about the new skills that you've learned, the proactive approach that you're taking to upskilling yourself and then bringing those new learnings back into the team. But ultimately, in order for you to do this well, And in order for you to be able to link it back to the organization and why the organization is continuing to benefit from your knowledge, your expertise, your value and your hard work, you've got to prepare. But that is step one. Don't just roll into this conversation, sit there with your arms crossed and just wait for your manager to see what they have to say. Actually take the time to think about how you have contributed to the organization's success over the last six months. Even better, make your life easier by creating your own brag book. That's what I call them anyway. You can call it whatever you like. But a brag book is essentially a Word document or a folder that you have on your desktop where every time you get some positive feedback, every time you achieve some sort of milestone or a new accomplishment, you capture it in there. And this just makes your life so much easier when it comes to things like performance reviews. Because instead of sitting there, racking your brains thinking, "Mm, I know I've been really busy, but I'm not really sure what I've actually achieved. You've already got a folder of items sitting there waiting for you to turn into a list of dot points for you to take into that conversation and absolutely smash it. So I don't know about you, but preparation is key. And it's something that feels like a no-brainer to me if you really want to take control of your mid-year review. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is when you actually are going into the conversation, think about how can you take control of the conversation from the get-go. So the first thing that comes to my mind is if it's a face-to-face conversation, be the first person in the room. First person in the room owns the room. First person in the room gets to choose where they sit, make themselves comfortable, and ultimately welcomes the other party in. So naturally, then there's already this feeling of, I am in my environment that I've set up for myself. I'm sitting where I want to sit, and I've just welcomed this person into it. If it's a virtual conversation, be the first person on the call if you can. But either way, 
own the space. That's the first little tip. The second thing I want to say is instead of just sitting there waiting for your manager or your supervisor to start the conversation, do their little spiel, and then you wait for them to finish so you can talk through your dot point list, why don't you flip the narrative and actually say to them, hey, Sally, I'm really keen to kick off this conversation today. I've got a lot of dot points and preparation that I've been thinking about that I'd really love your feedback on. If it's okay with you, I'd love to kick off and then get your feedback in addition to that because I think I'm going to cover off on a lot of things that you were probably going to say anyway. If that was me and I was your manager, I would be like, hallelujah, this person has absolutely prepared themselves. They're engaged in the conversation and they want to take charge. All I now need to do is sit there, listen, take it all in, and then add some feedback and some further insights on top of that. So don't be afraid to take control of the conversation from the get-go. That way, you are in prime position to make sure that you are getting through your list of things that you actually wanted to say and that you are able to cover them and talk to them in a way that feels good for you and in a way that you actually prepared for because you did spend some time, tip one, up front preparing for this conversation. So that is tip number two. Take control of the conversation from the get-go. Don't sit there passively and just wait for your manager to kick it all off, set it up. Actually ask if you can kick off the conversation. All right, tip number three is address any concerns or challenges that you've had straight off the bat. So because you've taken charge of the conversation, tip number two, that means that you are perfectly placed now to start the narrative and set up the conversation in a way that you want to. And my advice is to take any resistance, any concerns, any challenges, any things that might be in your manager's mind around, mm, yep, Joe hasn't actually completed this project or this was actually three weeks late, we were over budget, whatever it might be, right? If they're hanging on to these little thoughts, knowing that they're going to bring them up themselves, the best thing that you can do is take charge and address the concerns, the gaps, the challenges yourself. Because what this does is it shows that you aren't just sitting here rattling off a list of all the positives. You are saying that you are very aware of the things that perhaps didn't go the way that you wanted them to. It shows that you're aware of that. You're talking about what you've learned from that. And then you can also talk about what you'll be doing differently going forward to ensure that it doesn't happen again. This does two things. The first is it gets it all out in the open from your point of view. It shows that you're self-aware enough to know that there are things that you've not done perfectly and that you can own those. It also shows that you've thought about how to make sure that it doesn't happen again and that you continue to improve on it. And thirdly, bonus one, what it also does is it actually then puts you in a position to get the kind of negative stuff out of the way to start with so that then you can layer back up and build the conversation back up with all of the really cool shit that you have delivered on and leave the conversation in a really positive place. So tip number three, my suggestion is start by addressing any concerns or any challenges that you think or you know, because you know I didn't complete the task that I said that I would or I missed a deadline or we were over budget or whatever it is, 
call it out, own it. But most importantly, talk about what you'll be doing differently going forward. So that's number three. Tip number four is be sure to discuss career development and how you're future-proofing yourself. What do I mean by that? I mean, career development-wise, this is a goal, this conversation is a golden opportunity for you to be able to talk about where do I want to go? How do I want to continue to grow inside this organization? What areas interest me to learn more about? Are there secondment opportunities that I might want? Are there certain departments that I'm really curious to learn more about? Is there a promotion that I might be eyeing off and I want to understand what do I need to keep doing to help me get there? Make sure you've taken the time to prepare, but also that you bring this up in your mid-year review conversation. So that way you can put a plan in place with your manager around how to get you to where you want to go. So be sure to discuss career development, especially if that's training opportunities, a new skill that you want to learn, if you've got a proposal that you want to put forward for some training or development that you want to do, that's a perfect time to bring that up. And then the second part of this around future-proofing yourself is really use this opportunity to proactively demonstrate the future-proofing skills that you're aware of for things like critical thinking, problem-solving, creativity, lifelong learning, self-awareness, all of the things, data analysis, all of the things that we know the World Economic Forum deems as future-proof critical skills for us to succeed in the years to come. So talk about how you are proactively upskilling yourself in those areas and even more so, what you're going to learn in those areas can be brought back into the business and cement and solidify you and the value that you bring into the organization. Even better, how you can apply it to any of your future roles that you have got aspirations for as well. So that is tip number four. Make sure that you discuss your career development and you talk about the opportunities that you're taking to proactively future-proof yourself. The last tip that I have for you, and this is so important, is make sure that you are talking in outcomes or outputs, not inputs. So what often I observe in these kinds of conversations is an employee will come in and they'll talk about how hard they've worked, how much overtime they've done, how stressed they felt, how hard it's been, yet we got there in the end and I feel good about that. And I feel that as the manager, I know you've worked hard. I can see you've worked hard. I know the team have done overtime, whatever it is. But that doesn't tell me what you've actually achieved. It doesn't tell me the output and it doesn't tell me the outcome of all of this hard work for the organization. All it does is it tells me inputs and dimensions of your role or of the time that you've put in. So even though I don't doubt that you're working hard, it's not helpful from the lens of a performance review conversation. So you rocking up and saying, I've been working really hard, I've been so stressed, is not helpful if you want to really hit home the point of how your hard work is actually leading the organization down the pathway that it wants to go. You are far better off to talk about the outcomes 
or the outputs of your hard work. So for example, instead of saying the team have worked really hard, we've been working a lot of overtime, but we got there in the end, say, let's use recruitment as an example. The team have actually been able to onboard an extra 15 sales representatives four weeks ahead of schedule. Those 15 sales reps are now on the road and we can see already that that is equated to an additional 250,000 revenue for the organization four weeks ahead of schedule on this project of where we thought we'd be. We're feeling pretty proud of that achievement and that accomplishment for the organization. Now, doesn't that sound so much better than just the team have worked really hard, they've been super stressed, but we got there? I think it does. So that is why tip number five, when you go into your mid-year performance review, if you really want to smash it, don't just talk about how hard you've worked. Talk about what that hard work has led to. That is super, super important. So those are the five tips that I want to give you today, my friend. If you are someone sitting there who is about to embark on a mid-year performance review or a mid-year conversation with your manager or your leader, here they are again. Number one, prepare in advance. Number two, take control of the conversation. Number three, address concerns or challenges or resistance straight off the bat. Number four, discuss career development and how you're future-proofing yourself. And number five, talk in outcomes or outputs, not inputs. Now, I hope that you have found that helpful today. I know it is a lot to take in and I know that having mid-year performance reviews for some of us can feel really, really scary. And particularly if you're somebody that's had a bad experience before or you feel like you've got a manager that really isn't interested, I understand I've been there as well. But I want to remind you that you holding that narrative is absolutely not going to get you the outcome that you want. So by applying these five tips and challenging your own mindset around what could I get out of that conversation if I took charge of it, it's going to put you in a much better position to at least enhance your chances of getting the result that you want and putting your best foot forward. That is it from me today. I would love to hear from you once you've had these mid-year performance review conversations. Let me know how they went. What did you get out of them? What did you learn? What were your key takeaways? And most importantly, tell me how proud you feel of yourself for putting yourself out there and taking control of your career success. If you know that you want more tips, exactly like the ones that I've given you today, then I suggest you check out our Transform Your Career Online Accelerator, which is jam-packed with career and leadership tips to help set you up for success and step into the driver's seat of your career. I hope you have a beautiful day and thank you again for having me in your ears. Bye for now. Well, that's it for another episode of the Eating Your Cake 2 podcast. It has been amazing to have you here and I am always so grateful for you taking the time to pop me in your ears as you go about your day or night. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Eating Your Cake 2. And if we aren't connected on LinkedIn yet, reach out and say hi. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love if you would leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with me here too. 
Until next episode, you've got this. You can do it. You are doing it. And remember to back yourself and what you have to offer. Hey there. Thanks for hanging on. And thank you again so much for listening to the podcast. I truly love having you with me, but I want to make sure that you know if you're ready to work together exactly how we can do it. The first way is through my game-changing Transform Your Career six-week accelerator program. This six-week online program is for busy professional women who are ready to regain control of their career and leadership once and for all. Go from feeling like just another employee to an in-demand asset in your company. Stop feeling lost, stuck, and unmotivated, and instead feel confident, worthy of earning more, and armed with the tools to go out and get what you want. The Transform Your Career Accelerator cuts the crap and gets right to the key levers that you need to be pulling to ensure you are seen, heard, and noticed at work. Add to this an epic group of like-minded women all coming together to share insights, learnings, and to build a new network along the way. If this sounds like something you need, then join the waitlist now. The link is in the show notes. The second way you can work with me is through my private one-on-one coaching program, where I only take a very limited number of clients each year by application. My six-month private programs are for you if you know you need tailored coaching and guidance now. You want a container of space and time just for you to work through your exclusive and unique goals. You don't want to wait for the waitlist in my other programs because you know you want access to my brain and my experience all to yourself. If this sounds like you, then book a free call in my diary today and let's chat. Lastly, if you want me in your organization to come and share my tried and tested knowledge with your team on how we can all collectively elevate our own leadership and career success, then jump on my website and download the services info pack or grab it from the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening.